Hello. Hey. How's it going, man? Uh, pretty good. I'm, uh, <laughs> I think my fever finally broke this morning, so. That's good. I know I woke up at 2 last night, and I was still running it, and, uh, I ended up, I didn't end up getting up until 6 this morning, and, uh. Right now I'm just rambling on because I'm trying to get my speaking voice because this is the first time I've talked today. <laughs> no worries. All right. Get some water here. Man, you know what's awesome? What's up? Uh, I used to work for an RV dealership doing parts. And uh, the parts manager... Uh, I remember he was a big comic book geek, and uh, he would always tell me about like what was going on. And this was back in like 2004. You know, he, like he was telling me about Avengers disassembled and all that. Uh, and uh, he contacts me on uh, on the Kicked in the Dice Bags Gmail to be like, "Hey, man, I've been." Uh, He's like, I found your show, and I've been listening to your Kicked in the Dice Bags and the stuff you've done with Funny Books. He's like, it's really good. I'm like, wow, that's pretty fucking awesome. That is. You're a celebrity. <laughs> yeah, one of the cool moments for me was on Facebook. A guy that I used to work with shot me a message and said, I've never played a role-playing game, but I've been listening to the podcast and absolutely love it. I just wanted to let you guys know you have some more fans out there. And that one just blew me away that someone I used to work with that had no idea about the hobby was actually listening to the show. That's cool. But yeah, that's that's the thing about uh, – this dude's name, his name's Chris. And uh, he said uh, for Kicked in the Dice Bags, whenever we get on a role-playing topic, he just fast-forwards through it, but he loves all the other stuff. I'm like, yeah, me too. I pretty much fast-forward <laughs> through our playing discussion as well. <laughs> I get so bored by that now. I don't mind other people talking about it, but I, for me, I just, I don't know. I don't think it fits our show. <laughs> <laughs> because we have so many listeners that don't game, which uh, I was really surprised about, is, is just how many uh, people we've picked up that say, you know, they, they don't game, but they love, like, the, the comic book discussion or the sex talk or... All that stuff, so. Hmm. You know, I've, I've never had that experience. <laughs> <laughs> I guess no one I know even listens to my podcast. Every once in a while, my dad says something. Every once in a while, he's like, I can't believe you talked about that on the show. <laughs> you talked about dead children on your show. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were trying to cheer them up with comic books. <laughs> well, I know that uh, my grandfather listens to my podcast, and he had gone out and bought headphones so he could listen to it. And I asked my grandmother if she had listened to it, and she's like, "No, he listened to. He started listening to it, and then he he won't let me listen to it. He tells me I just need to stay away from the podcast." But she said he listens every week. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. That would be weird for me. Well, the weird thing about it is he never says anything to me about it. He really? doesn't even bring up my show. Yeah. So I was surprised they listen every week. When I found that out, I was like, really? 
he never says anything. She's like, yeah, he he listens to it every week when it comes out. Nice. On his headphones. <laughs> yeah, so that yeah. she can't hear it. I've got one guy at work that listens to Fear the Boot, and he'll come, basically he listens a week or two behind, so he'll come by and he'll just say random things about the episode. And then I've got another guy that listens to funny books but doesn't listen to Fear the Boot. Uh, see, you guys are lucky. I'm like, listen to my podcast. I'm like, well, I don't read comics. Well, uh, so I want the ratings. <laughs> well, <laughs> you don't have to listen to it. Just download it. Yeah, just download it. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing about Kick to the Dice Bags is that uh, we're not very focused. So there's something there for everybody. Well, I imagine that'll be us in today's episode, to be honest with you. Oh, I, I, I want. I've got a lot to talk about comics related. I'm really, really excited about this. Good. Well, I'm glad you're on then. All right. Well, you guys almost ready to kick this thing off? to funny books with paul and his amazing friends this is paul i'm wayne and i guess i'm an amazing friend i'm jonathan and i can be a friend to you too (laughs) and you may be asking yourself where's aaron this week is anyone asking that i don't know i'm not i don't think anyone is well i did ask him why he wouldn't be on the show this week you know so i guess someone asked i did i said hey you know why can't you record with us this saturday and um, all he said was, you don't know me, motherfucker. <laughs> that's how Aaron talks, as we all know. So uh, I don't know. I, I took that to mean that at this very moment, he is probably snorting cocaine off of a midget stripper's ass crack. That's never stopped him from recording before, though. Yeah, you know, he usually can do both simultaneously, but I don't know. Uh, well, I figure that's the only reason he could be so chipper. At uh, 9 in the morning on a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he's, he goes for the gusto. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I um, it, it was we were all on the show, and uh, I had gone out the night before. And I never do this. Um, but I, I guess I got a little more drunk than usual on a Friday night. I was in pain. While we were recording the podcast that morning, I was recording it from the floor of my office because I have a tiled floor and it's cold. I, I mean, it, luckily, he said he couldn't tell. So that was good. So inside information for our listeners. Sometimes <laughs> Paul records from the floor of his office. <laughs> well, I guess that's better than walking around as you tend to do. Yeah, I do that, too. Yeah, I, it, it was either that or and, you know, then I would mute it, mute my mic and dry heave into the trash the trash can it was a rough morning wow i'm sober this morning though i'm sober and not hungover i feel hungover but that's because my sinuses started acting up yesterday didn't even know if i was gonna be here today yeah it's a miracle jonathan's fever broke just in time to record the show oh yeah would have been a quiet room otherwise 
Yeah, it would have just been me and Wayne saying, hey, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad. How about, how's it going with you? <laughs> <laughs> well, the as as we, we all know, anytime I'm not on the show, there's, you know, it, uh, I'm there to, to punch it up, to, to deliver the punchline, so. To kick it up a notch. <laughs> yeah. Bam. <laughs> Bam. You know, and uh, it, it's funny because you can already – I can already tell the difference from not having Aaron on and I guess I just forgot because uh, we don't have an outline for today's show either. We're just winging it today. We're kicking yeah. in the funny books. <laughs> kicking <laughs> the funny bags. <laughs> so, All right. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne, did you watch Smallville last night? I did. I haven't watched it all season, but I have gotten back into it near the end of the season. I think we had something else set to record, so I wasn't DVRing it for a while. I actually enjoyed last night's episode. Yeah, and sorry, Jonathan, because I know you probably didn't watch it. Um, but the reason I wanted to talk about it, yeah, it was it was you know because we talked about the Justice Society episode two weeks ago. That was, or I guess one week ago, that was pretty awful. And this episode ended up being so much better than that one. And. uh you know, and it had Wonder Woman or Lois Lane in a Wonder Woman costume, which that was, was hot. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm not normally into the cosplay thing. Is that how you say it? Cosplay, 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 cosplay. I'm not normally into the cosplay thing, but yeah, I, that was nice. Yeah, I'm curious where they're going with that show, and I'm. I know that they just plan on doing one more movie type, you know, thing at the very end of it, but. I still I get frustrated watching the show because by now he should he should be able to fly, and I know they've made in jokes about that all along. But it seems like everyone that gets powers, every other Kryptonian that gets powers, everyone can instantly fly except him. Yeah, it, I, I yeah, coming from someone who didn't who has never watched an episode of Smallville, uh, I know American TV. And it's going nowhere, that show. They're just stretching it on for as long as they can, as long as it's getting ratings until it will eventually be canceled and there will be no ending to it. Um, you know, that, that's why I, I, I like a show like uh, Lost or uh, a Battlestar Galactica that really put a limit on itself as far as seasons. And despite uh, if you enjoy... Or didn't enjoy the endings of those shows. At least they had an ending. It wasn't just like, well, we got canceled. So then the show just disappears into yeah. the ether. See, that's the problem. The Smallville. The problem with Smallville is that at this point, we've we've been watching a nine-year-long origin story. You know, and it's. I don't think his origin took that long in the comics. <laughs> you know, he he was. You know, he pretty much discovered his powers, and a couple years later, he was Superman. You know, and for now, you know, at this point, you know, he discovered his powers in the first episode, and you know, nine years later, he's still not Superman, and it's just—it's frustrating because it feels like it's just dragging its feet getting there. And I, well, and I, 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 I throwing I, you the bone of he'll eventually be in the costume. Here's here's a flash of his future. Here's a flash of his future, but never gets there. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's that's a big problem with with uh, comic book based television. Uh, is that uh, people don't want to admit that it's comic book. So you have uh, this thing where I guess, from what I understand, when the show first started, they were like, he's not going to fly, and there's going to be no costume. Yep, no flights, no tights. And 
you know, and I think that's a big problem that that Heroes had after the first season of Heroes because Heroes was pretty much X Men, like we all know this, right? Yeah, yeah. And after the first season of Heroes, you're like, all right, this first season should be about how the team got together. But then after the first season, they just all go their separate ways again, and it's the exact same thing again. Uh, yeah. And then I've that, been enjoying this season of Heroes, and I enjoyed last season too. The of course, second season I didn't care for, but I don't think many people did. But you're right. For the first season, I kept thinking, how are they going to come together to be a team? And then after that first season, you realize that's never going to happen. They may team up occasionally, but this isn't a team story. But that whole first season, that's all I was thinking was how are they going to come together to be a team? Yeah, exactly. And in the season finale, when they all came together, you're like, all right, cool. Finally, they're finally all together. And then it was just for that one moment. And then they all went their separate ways again. It's just like, oh, that's not what I'm looking for. You know, I uh, I watched Heroes for the first time in a couple years this week. This week was the season finale. Yep. And, uh, you know, I talked to my brother about it. He's like, yeah, it was a pretty decent episode. I was like, really? <laughs> Did I watch something different? Because, like I said, I haven't seen it in ages. But, you know, I heard the rumors that this could be the series finale because the ratings have been, you know, piss poor. Uh, like, even bad for a CW show if it was on the CW. And... Um, I watched it and I just I thought it was pretty awful, you know. I, I, for a season finale, um, did did Wayne? You saw it, right? Yeah. And did you see it, Jonathan? Negative. I haven't watched uh, Heroes since somewhere around season three, I think. Yeah. See, I dropped it at the end of season two, and I just, you know, I expected something a little bigger, but it just, I nothing really happened. I mean, there was a lot of like. Oh, this is going to be such a horrible thing. And, like, the lead villain is fighting with um, Milo Ventimiglia. I forget his character's name. Um, is it not Nathan. Who's the other guy? Peter. Peter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the lead guy, who's the, the weird guy from Prison Break, is fighting with Peter Petrelli. And, like, their big fight is pretty much just, like, cracking the ground in between them, but they don't ever actually touch or throw off punch or anything like that i, I just I, I couldn't get into it and i tried you know but I, oh, I it the, the fight scenes the fight scenes in in heroes are just awful uh i mean there's been a couple exceptions where you're just like that's cool but but they're too short um they, you know it's it's like uh there, there was one point i think this was in season two it might have been season three where the the cliffhanger ending of an episode was like, oh, Hero and Peter are going to fight each other. And then I couldn't wait for the next episode because I, I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And what did you get, like 30 seconds of nothing? Like they if didn't even fight did. each other. The yeah, one that pissed me like, off oh. was uh, – I want to say it was last season's finale – when they lead up to the big fight between Peter and Nathan and Siler, and then it all happens behind closed doors. You see flashes of light come from under the door, and the door shake, and there's this epic fight going on just on the other side of the door that they're not letting you watch. See, that was like the one um, where they were in the future. I guess in season one or two, 
there was like a Peter versus Siler fight in the future. Yeah. And it was the same thing. You know, it was like happening on the other side of the door. You know, and I, I think they showed Peter walking into a lobby of like this evil corporation and he whips out a sword. Or maybe it's Hero whips out a sword or something. And then like they cut away and then they cut back and the fight's over. It's like, come on. It's, I'm, I don't watch heroes to not see them doing heroic things, you know? Especially the epic Siler versus Peter fight that everyone wanted to see and we've never seen. And now Siler's a good guy, which I don't get. Or maybe he's a good guy. It was just... Well, I think that just goes back to the whole X-Men thing. Is that, uh, you know, in X-Men comic books there's a lot of shades of gray. And they sort of present that in in the show with with people changing uh, allegiances constantly but uh uh let's face it the show blew its load in the first season and yeah. it was never able to recover from that i mean they had so many things that they did that were big mistakes if you wanted to carry it out uh for a long period of time one of or two of those mistakes were hero and peter uh, Hero and Peter are much too powerful, and so every season after the first one has been all about how can we get Hero and Peter out of this story. Or just depower them, and that's the frustrating thing for me is even in comics, I get tired of the seeing the same story over and over again about how the hero loses his power or how the power is limited. I don't, I'm reading or I'm watching for the character and their powers. I don't want them to go away. Yeah, it's just, you know, and because Peter is the one who, he like siphons powers off of everybody else, right? Yeah. Yeah, right now, his powers more, them. right now his power is more limited to roguelike powers. He has to touch them to take their power, and he can only have one power at a time now. See, you know, I think the last time I, one of the reasons I dropped watching Heroes is because I guess Peter had, I don't know, maybe it was, uh, Maybe he had siphoned off Hero's powers or something like that, and him and that some Irish girl went to the future. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he comes back to the present and leaves her in the future. <laughs> and they never went back to it. I asked my brother the other day, because he's been watching it ever since, and they, the Irish girl is still in the future. Yeah, they he just abandoned her. That's an alternate future that doesn't even exist anymore, so she's so just poof. Yeah, she she literally does not exist. He put her in an alternate future, so she's not in the present anymore. She is an alternate future that now ceases to exist. So he, he, he killed the Irish girl. You know, and that's the problem with shows that kind of make it up as they go along. You know, I don't watch Lost, but I was reading an interview with the people from Lost who said they kind of made it up as they went along, too. Yeah, it's yeah but it... I'm watching this last season of it again, and I'm, I'm enjoying the seeing things finally wrap up. Whoa, 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 whoa! You can kind of tell. Hey, 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 Wayne. Go ahead. You're not gonna spoil anything, are you? I am not gonna spoil anything at all. Okay. I'm enjoying how things are kind of wrapping up, but I still get that feeling that they're just kind of. I think they rewatched their first seasons, and they're looking for what mysteries did we leave out there? Oh, let's give an answer to this. Let's give an answer to that. I don't. I know that they've said that they've made a lot of it up as they went along, but they had a lot of it planned, and 
I'm not seeing the plan. I'm seeing that they're kind of piecing it together now. And it's making sense because they're good at what they do at this point. But I don't think there was an overall vision from the beginning there at all. Well, I mean, how many times have we read something like that in a comic book where you could obviously tell that the writer went back and read old issues and is pulling things from from those issues that were left unanswered? Um, I mean, yeah, Heroes... I mean, because it's TV, and in TV, you don't know if you're going to get canceled or not, or what's going to happen. Uh, you know, so you, the story has to sort of work around, you know, you've got these real people, you know, they're not just characters, so you don't know, you know, who's going to leave the show and, and things like that. Uh, the the little boy... Uh, well, he's not a little boy anymore, but he was when the show first started. Uh, Walt on that show, they had to take him out of the story because he was growing too fast for the story. So, you know, they they you they had to work around stuff like that. They, you know, he couldn't stay on the island because it was going to be weird when he was aging faster than he should have. Yep. Yeah. See. And- I'm just glad it's made all the seasons because I get really tired of getting into a show and then having it, you know, either cancel mid-season so you don't get the finale even of that season, or even worse, make it to a season finale. They do a big epic cliffhanger and the show never comes back. That's the worst. When you end your show on a cliffhanger. Um, I watched Reaper. Did anybody else watch Reaper? Yeah. Loved that show. Ended it on a freaking cliffhanger, and they knew they weren't going to get renewed. You know, that was frustrating for me, because I loved that show, and it's, you know, it, I'll never know the finale now, you know? Well, they, See, I think, they I think what they should a, do. Reaper, they kind of wrapped up in a everything's going to continue as it is kind of fashion. It would have been a good season finale, just not a good series finale. Yeah. What what they what they should do is they should do what what comic books do when they get canceled. You have the giant size last issue that kind of tries to wrap up as much as possible, exile style. You know, but I'd be okay with that. You throw one TV movie that wraps up the outstanding plot threads, and I'd be happy. They did that with Alien Nation. You know, and you know, fans of Alien Nation were super happy with that. And you know, but they don't do that often enough. You know. Yeah. Occasionally, you'll get a comic book that's the series finale of the show. Like, uh, I've been reading through the Middleman comic books. I watched the TV show and loved it. And they didn't make it through their whole season. So they released the comic book that is, this is the final story that we wanted to shoot, but we would have never had the budget to do. The unfortunate thing, and this one was actually pretty good, but the unfortunate thing is, I typically don't like comic book adaptions of TV shows. They usually don't turn out very well, and it's Part of it is that mentality of let's do what we couldn't do on the TV show. We have to make it bigger and badder. And yeah, it, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the TV show. I mean, I want to see the logical extension of that, not what you couldn't have done on the TV. Exactly. And and if when you do that, you get crap like Buffy season eight, where she can fly now and has superpowers. You know. Oh my god. Or Angel season <laughs> six, where he's. Where the entire city of Los Angeles moved to hell. You know, it's actually in hell. You know? Yep, and I read both of those. I did stop Angel after they got back to 
back to earth, but I'm still reading through Buffy. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> you know, uh, Buffy's one of those. I mean, I don't watch a whole lot of TV. I mean, and I mean, even Lost. Lost was was going through his third season before I before I actually would watch it. Uh, and a, a big reason that I do that is because of the whole TV shows getting canceled and stuff. I'm like, once once I know a show is sticking around, then I'll go and start watching it. Uh, same with Battlestar Galactica had mm-hmm. finished its second season before I started watching the first. Um, because you have disappointments like with uh, the Black Donnellys, which I thought was a fantastic show. That was a great show. Yeah. Got canceled. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know, you know, we were talking about comic books that have to deal with um, TV shows, and usually I don't like them. I mean, it's pretty rare that they do one that's done right. Um, but the Supernatural comic book from Wildstorm is really good. I enjoyed the first issue of Jericho, but I haven't seen another issue come out since then. I know that they probably have come out and my shop just didn't get them, but I was surprised by how much I liked that one because they didn't try to go bigger budget on it. Yeah, see, Supernatural is all stories that take place before the series. Um, so they're, you know, it's them as kids, um, you know, and it's following their father, you know, in the same way that they follow them. But you, it doesn't do that whole, oh, well, we don't have a budget, so let's throw in a freaking dragon or anything like that. You know, it, it feels like. You know, it could be an episode of the TV show, which I really like. Now, would you say that uh, comic books based off of video games are much better? Like, uh, I, I haven't read any of the Mass Effect comic books. You know, I tried reading Gears of War, and I didn't like that one either. And that was from Wildstorm. Um, Wildstorm seems to have some market on those lately with World of Warcraft and Starcraft and Modern Warfare and all them. The only one I've read is the City of Heroes comic book because they used to give that out with the monthly subscriptions. And oh, yeah. It, it was uh, pretty bad. They relaunched it with a higher quality of, you know, basically a higher printing quality. They got a few named people to write it, and it's still, even one of the authors that I absolutely love from his, uh, it's uh, Troy Hickman that did Common Grounds. Mm hmm. I absolutely love Common Grounds. I love other things he's done. I love the pilot episode. The pilot issue of uh, Twilight Guardian he did, but his, even his story arc there, it just it wasn't good. It wasn't. They were trying to capture the video game and it wasn't working. Yeah, you know, I can't think of any. I mean, I I remember back in the day, I used to read the Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter comics from Malibu, and uh, I guess the modern Street Fighter comics from Udon are really good. But I can't think of many video game comics that I actually enjoy, and I've given some a shot. You know, I guess it just needs to be the right game, and I don't have a, a ton of games that I well, would. like the. I think I think, uh, like I said, I haven't read it, but uh, I would think that the Mass Effect comic books would be pretty good. They seem built for comics. I have never played that game. I haven't either. You guys are missing out. I I played the first one, and I know uh, the first one got a lot of bad criticism. I loved it. I I loved the first game, and uh, I'm playing through the second one right now and loving it as well. So everyone that I know that's played the first one, except for one person, absolutely loved it. And everyone mm-hmm. I know that's played the second one has loved it too. And if I had 360, I would have borrowed it by now and uh, tried it. So. 
one of these days I'm going to break down and buy it for PC. I, I'm surprised that that uh, Mass Effect hasn't gotten a, a role playing game. That there's just I mean the uh, I guess uh, the the world and the history and not the world the universe and the history of of that game is just so vast that it it also seems built for a role playing game. I'm surprised we haven't seen one for like Fallout 3 because it's also a big developed world with you know it would it seems like it would be easy to translate over into an RPG. Yeah, well, and they're doing. Um, I was reading online yesterday, actually, a little bit before you. I think earlier this week because I posted it on our website. Um, the trailer for there's a new Fallout game coming out, like New Vegas or something yep. like that. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. It's not going to be made by Bethesda. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess it depends. You know, if they do a good job, I don't really care. Speaking of. If they do a good job, I don't really care. <laughs> let's talk about the heroic age. Yes, let's. Because uh, there have been a you know these last couple two weeks, I mean they have been Marvel has been flooding, <laughs> you know the the comic news sites with you know all this news about all these heroic age titles that. I'm not going to buy all of because there's just too <laughs> damn many, you know. Between that and Brightest Day from DC, it's like I'm not spending $300 a month on comic books. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll see about that, Paul. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you I, will. I would, think, I would think that the Heroic Age is going to consolidate comic books. I mean, aren't they? Aren't they? There's going to be only three Avengers titles. Okay, there's going to be Avengers. Mm-hmm. Secret Avengers, yep. Ave- Avengers Academy, yep. What else? That's it. That's that's crap. I am sure there will be another Avengers title. They just haven't announced it yet. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'm al- I'm already spending 150 dollars a month in comic books. Uh, I'm not doing that math because I don't want to be feel like I've been punched in the gut with how much I'm spending. Yeah, I don't. You know, it's some weeks it's a fifty dollar week, some weeks it's a twenty dollar week. So, I I try not to think about it. Yeah, I have the same thing. I am shocked when it's only like twenty four dollars because it's usually anywhere from thirty five to forty. You know, and then I'm ready to do a backflip because I'm like, yes, I only spent twenty dollars a week, and then I get home I'm like, shit, I read all my stuff in an hour. You know, what am I gonna do now? <laughs> yeah, I make the mistake of I make the mistake of getting excited when I look at my pull list and realize it's not very big for that week until I actually go in and start grabbing stuff off the shelf that wasn't on the list. <laughs> what were you saying, Jonathan? Jonathan? Uh, that, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I like the big weeks. I like uh, I like the $70, $80 weeks that I have. Uh, what I don't like is that in January – we had so many light weeks, and then they threw it at you at the end of the month, and it looks like February is going to be the same, and I don't like that. Yeah. You know, I and don't get me wrong. I do love the big $70, $80 weeks, just not often. You know, I, I love having a big stack of comics that I can read, you know, and, uh, you know, I love the fact that we talk about, talk about them on Saturday. Um, you know, so I have my binge reading from Wednesday to Saturday. 
but you know, at the same time, I, I don't like it too often. Or at least my wallet doesn't like it too often. If I was independently wealthy, yeah, it. give me I'm one of everything. I'm excited when it happens right around bonus time or right around tax return time. But other than that, when I see the uh, the big amount, it makes me nervous. Well, I I, I just because I know how much I'm going to spend each month on comic books. Uh, I I wish they would just be spread out more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, there will be plenty to buy each week with the Heroic Age. At least it seems to me, because it seems like they're announcing all these new titles. Um, you know, and maybe they're not Avengers titles, but they're still announcing, you know, the new Amadeus Cho title and Secret Avengers and all this stuff. To tell you the truth, I'm less excited about the individual titles as what I see as an overall tone change in the Marvel books. Once this happens, I expect things to get back to heroes fighting villains, and I'm looking forward to that. I can honestly say, when the heroic age begins, I will be ecstatic to not see Norman Osborn for probably two years. Leave him off the books for two years. He has been in almost every Marvel comic book for the last year and a half. I think we need a two-year break from Norman Osborn. I want a break from any organization that's running everything. Because even before Norman, we had that with S.H.I.E.L.D. was suddenly running everything. And I'm tired of that story. I want to go back to things being a little more disjointed. See, I can't say that because I like Secret Warriors. I love Secret Warriors, and it's kind of like that. So, you know, but it, it's Secret Warriors is also kind of its own thing. You know, they, they kind of pop up in Siege, but, you know, it's still kind of their own thing. Yeah, well, I don't have a problem with that as an Go ahead, Jonathan. Secret Warriors will be ending, right, after Siege? No, not directly after Siege. I think um, when we talked to Hickman, he said issue 30, I think, is what he's planning for like the last issue. So we're still uh, you know, over a year away from that story ending. It, it, it's wholly unrelated. Shield, right? I'm sorry? And then it becomes S.H.I.E.L.D., right? Well, S.H.I.E.L.D., I think, is also is this year, but S.H.I.E.L.D. is like a prequel. You know, it's like shields throughout the the you know the um, history of the world. You know, I guess it kind of builds up to what shield is now. So it, it's it, it's kind of related, but it's it's a prequel more than anything else. But um, I, can, I tell you what, I'm really looking forward to. In the back of a couple of Marvel issues this week, there was a preview for X Factor Forever. I was a huge fan of the original X-Factor team, which was the original X-Men, together in New York, separate from the X-Men, living in Apocalypse's ship. Those stories were basically, they, I got really excited reading those stories. And Follow the Mutants is still one of my favorite stories of all time, The where we first start to actually see Apocalypse show up. And you see the ship, and you've got a little baby cable around, and... I miss those days, and I still occasionally pull out those issues and reread them. So if this is half as good as those original stories, I'm excited. Yeah. And X-Factor Forever is like X-Men Forever, except whereas X-Men Forever is Chris Claremont continuing his story, supposedly, the same way he would have written it. Um, this is Louise Simonson. Yep. Is that and- a – Louise is a woman guy? I'm going to say a woman. I have no Transsexual. idea. Transsexual. 
<laughs> he, she <laughs> is continuing, you know, the X Factor storyline that he, she wrote, you know, way back when. And, uh, I, you know, I yeah, read I'm, the preview. I'm excited about that because I've been really, like, I know that uh, you guys don't necessarily agree, but X Men Forever is one of my favorite titles coming out right now. And uh, I'm excited about New Mutants Forever. Which is going to be a mini series by Claremont, uh, and uh, I'm excited about X Factor Forever. You know, and we are the market for this. The people that have this nostalgic feel for some of the older books, the people that you know, while some of the Dark Reign stuff has been good, while some of this, while the Siege has been really good, we miss the good old days of heroes versus villains and kind of a, a harken back to that feel. And that's what these books are trying to hit at, I think. Well, and, you know, it kind of fits in with what we were talking about with TV shows. You know, there are series that may have canceled before all the storylines were ultimately resolved. Or, you know, they they brought in a new creative team that didn't do what we wanted to, you know, what we were hoping the story was going to. You know, so we get to actually see, you know, uh, you know and feel the same type of storyline that we read back then, you know, continued. And I guess that, you know, that's there there is a market for that. And we are the market for that. Uh, what I'm most excited about the Forever books, uh, I mean, it's cool to see the storylines continuing, but uh, I'm re- I'm really excited about uh, having books that uh, depict the the X Men universe before uh, Grant Morrison got in there and started molding it in his own twisted yeah. image. Yeah, Morrison killed the X universe for me, and I am coming back untitled here and there, but. You know, how long has Morrison been off the book before I started coming back to it? I'm excited about these kind of books, too, because you're right, it is before his touch. Yeah, you know. Bad touch. (laughs) It's bad touch. Um, The guys who brought me back into the X universe, I mean, other than Jonathan, you know, are uh, Chris Yost and Craig Kyle, you know, uh, with their X Force and, you know, between Messiah Complex and Necrotia. If it, had it, if it had not been for those stories, I probably still would not be reading X-Men right now. Speaking of that, let's let's talk about Second Coming. Uh, I, I want to know what your, what your guys' thoughts are on it, because uh, we've been seeing these ads that uh, you know one will lead, one will die, one will, sacrif- will be sacrificed or something. Well, I'll I've tell you what my another, thoughts oh, go I've ahead. seen another ad that says Hope Returns. And has hope at the bottom under those three. I haven't seen that one. You know, my thoughts about Second Coming is that it takes me at least a half an hour after the first coming. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'm super – I'm really psyched about it. I actually really am looking forward to that storyline. And, you know, I haven't been following the storyline as closely as you have, Jonathan. Um, But what I have read – and I did pick up – the first two hardcovers of uh, Cable. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I picked up I picked up that first one, that first trade, and it took me months to finally finish it because I just didn't like it. That first trade of, of Cable was rough. But Did it's the, the same first writer. trade start the uh, the Hope storyline, or was it after that? No, it it, it, it literally because um, Messiah Complex or Messiah. Yeah, Messiah Complex, right? Um, was the the one that started the Hope storyline, and that's not in Cable. That was a crossover thing. And uh, at the end of Messiah Complex, Cable escapes into the future with Hope, 
and that story is cable number one. Yeah, because I still don't get the whole – because I didn't read Messiah Complex or any of that. I still have no idea in Cable why Bishop is trying to kill her. I don't okay. get any of that, but I'm enjoying the story that I'm reading. Well, here's the thing with that. It was uh, that Hope is the first mutant baby to be born since ha- the House of M stuff. Right. So Cable's protecting her because he sees her as the future of mutant kind. And Bishop – I don't know what it is that – that Bishop thinks is going to happen, but he thinks she's going to be the cause of his future. He sees oh. hope as the cause of Bishop's future. And you know, Bishop's future is like that post-apocalyptic wasteland type thing, which makes no sense at all because the cause of his future was supposed to have been the whole X trader thing that they resolved in the mid nineties. He saved the X-Men's life. His future shouldn't exist anymore. Well, obviously he changed his mind. <laughs> because he shot Professor X in the head at the end of Messiah Complex to get to Hope. Wow. Well, obviously Professor X is okay. He's still lounging around. Is he yeah, around? He got better. Yeah, he yeah got better. he's he's a, he's around, but he's a footnote in the X universe uh, nowadays. I mean, he had a big uh, X Men Legacy did a big Professor X thing with him journeying around and stuff like that, but. Uh, but now he's he's on uh, Utopia, and he pretty much just gets cut down at every turn by Cyclops and Magneto. You know, when Magneto comes back, you know, he's there to talk to Scott Summers. No interest in Professor X whatsoever. And Scott, you know, Cyclops is really kind of, and I think that's you know, in storylines like Utopia and Messiah Complex and all those. You know, we, we've been getting the kick-ass side of Cyclops lately, which is really cool. Wow, you know? I didn't realize that existed. I've never been a big Cyclops fan. I enjoyed him somewhat in Age of Apocalypse, and I did enjoy him back in the original X-Factor. But for the most part, he's never been a character that's really caught me. See, Well, I, I, never, I never was a Cyclops fan either, but I'm really digging the net because this, this should have happened a long time ago. That Cyclops and I know when Grant Morrison was writing X Men, I guess Havoc was leading them, and Cyclops wasn't even around. But uh, Cyclops was always the guy. I mean, back in the '90s and stuff, you're like, all right, when Professor X is gone, Cyclops is the guy, and you know it's finally happening where he's he's the guy, and he's neither he's neither. Uh, uh, basing his actions off of Magneto's ideals or Xavier's ideals. He's somewhere in between where he, he wants mutants to isolate themselves, uh, neither integrate nor go to war with humanity. And I, I, I think that that is, I mean, it's believable. Yeah. You know, with Cyclops, I mean, we're talking about a guy who's sleeping with a telepath and was still able to keep X Force a secret from her, you know, until he finally decided to reveal it to her after the Utopia storyline. But you know, you know, he, he he's really kind of become just this this kick ass type character, at least in my opinion. Well, considering that, how how long he's been sleeping with telepaths, I would expect him to be pretty good at keeping things wrong by now. You'd think so. <laughs> Cyclops Cyclops loves himself a telepath. I mean, he. 
He slept with uh, with Jean Grey. He slept with uh, Emma Frost and uh, Psylocke. So, um, I. That being said, I think that uh, Cyclops will die in the Second Coming storyline. Uh, yeah. I think to, because two of the three people that they're that they're pointing out are going to die, and I think it's going to be Cyclops and Emma Frost, and I think Magneto will will take control from there. He's going to be the one that's going to lead. Yeah. Well, the, as many know. times as they killed Magneto, I wouldn't be surprised if they killed him again. You know, they, um, in the ad for Second Coming, they have two, they have, um, you're right, there are four ads. But they have one will lead, actually there's five ads, I guess, because I see the one will lead, there's the one will die, the one will rise, and there's one will sacrifice. And well, we it, already know who's going to rise, and that's going to be Hope. Yeah. But, you know, they're looking at, at the one will die. They show Cyclops looking down into a grave. So either that means he's dying or he's looking at someone who died. Okay? But on the one will sacrifice, he's not on that p- picture. It's it's X-Force and Cable, basically. So, you know, obvi- well, you know, and X- this is the end of the X-Force storyline. Um X-Force won't exist after Second Coming. So, you know, I- I'm guessing someone on that team will die. Yeah, and neither I, Kyle and Yost. I tried to get into X-Force when it, early on in it because when they brought back Archangel, I was always upset that he had went back to the Featherwings because he seemed useless to me with Featherwings. So when I saw they were bringing him back, I tried to get back into the book. And I just the, – the feel wasn't there for me. It wasn't, just wasn't right. See, I like X-Force, and I, I really like X-Force. The problem with it is that it's not really accessible unless you know the universe. You know, there, there's not a lot of catch-up on who, uh, you know, some of these characters are. And they start throwing all these villains at you, and you're supposed to be like, oh, that's awesome. Like Selene. It's like, ooh, it's the return of Selene. And I'm like, I don't know who Selene is. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, well, I mean, she was, she was, she's been a footnote character in the X-Men universe. I mean, yeah. this is her big her big hoorah because what was she in the pages of prior to that? New Mutants? She was uh, a big character in Extreme X-Men, but that was about it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, she's, I mean, don't get me wrong. She's cool. But I'm just, you know, I, I, I guess the impact wasn't there for me as it was for, you know, people who have been following her character all along, you know? Well, and a big problem that I have with the X-Universe now is that there aren't really that many villains. The X-Men don't have the the uh, the rogues gallery that they used to. Well, let's face it, that's my problem with the whole Marvel Universe. There aren't that many villains because they're all heroes right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, hopefully the Heroic Age will uh, will fix that. Yeah. Well, that brings us back to the heroic age. <laughs> you know, you know, they um they've been announcing the Avengers team. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw it. They released the cover for Avengers number one. Yeah. So, you know, because they, they only released five images, right? It was Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, Spider-Woman and Hawkeye. And then they showed the cover of Avengers number one, which also shows that Wolverine and Spider-Man are on the team. So, I mean, that's kind of seven members right there. So I, I think we've seen the entire team at this point. 
What do you guys think of the lineup? I don't like it. <laughs> I'm still like a it? firm believer that Spider-Man shouldn't be on the Avengers. I uh, I second that notion. Uh, I don't think Wolverine should be on that lineup either. Um, I agree. I don't think that Thor should be on that lineup. Uh, I don't think that Spider-Woman should be on that lineup. And uh, I don't think that uh, Iron Man should be on that lineup. <laughs> so, See, I'm cool with Iron Man and Thor being on there because basically when I think Avengers, I think Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor. And yeah, I think of a lot of other characters too, but those are the three that I think of when I think of Avengers. I think of them as the heart and the core of it. So I do like the idea of them being all on the team, but other than that, I've always liked Avengers as the book that you put characters in that aren't popular enough to hold their own books, but yes. they're at the power level that they should be there. And it's like those are the three characters that are the core that hold the team together, that bring people in so you can see all of these other characters. See, I don't know. I, I'm okay with most of the team. I, I don't like I, – I mean, I like Spider-Woman as a character. I don't know if I like her being on the Avengers. I would have rather seen Miss Marvel or something like that or someone like that. Yes, especially because Miss Marvel's book is being canceled. She's perfect for an Avengers team. Yeah, exactly. You know, So I'm, I, I like Captain America. I like Iron Man. I like Thor. I'm okay with Hawkeye being on there. You know, you know Spider-Man – you know, I, I would say I don't like Spider-Man and Wolverine being on the team, but I really liked New Avengers when it first started. Um, yeah, you know, it was a great book for the for the beginning run of it. Yeah, you know, before it got wrapped up in you know all the the crossovers and stuff, you know, I, I really liked that initial team, which had Wolverine and Spider-Man on it. Um, but you know, I I, I think I, I was hoping that with the heroic age coming. You know, with a change in thinking, maybe we'd get a change in thinking that Wolverine needs to be on every team. And uh, well, obviously that's already, not the case. Well, I mean, you you heard uh, straight from Matt Fraction, which uh, I was glad I was glad that uh, that you guys asked uh, the right question to get that quote from him because that's not the first time he said it. Uh, where he's like, uh, if if you can believe that he has adamantium for bones and and can regenerate from from any wound why can't he be in six places at once like that that's a uh, piss poor excuse yeah and i have a problem believing he can uh, heal from any wound that's one of the reasons i started disliking wolverine i used to be a big fan of him until they started dropping atomic bombs on him and having him walk away there has to be a limit or this story just doesn't get interesting for me anymore See, one of my favorite Wolverine storylines was um, right after Civil War. Um, Umberto Ramos was doing the art on the title. I don't remember who was writing it. Uh, maybe it was Paul Jenkins. Um, but they did a storyline as to what goes through Wolverine's head every time he dies. Yeah, I read that one. I wasn't even reading Wolverine at the time, and I picked up that one because it sounded so interesting. I really liked that story. You know, I, I really liked you know the the, the take they had on it. Um, you know, it's something I, I I wish we would see a little bit more often. You know, um, I'm I'm actually looking it up right now. I I think that if they wanted to fix Wolverine, uh, it could have been done in the House of M storyline. 
how great would it have been if one of the mutants who lost their powers from House of M was Wolverine? So he no longer had the regeneration ability. He just had what was man-made, the adamantium claws and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's... And don't get me wrong. I mean, Wolverine's Wolverine. He's always going to be Wolverine. He's always going to be, you know, a hotshot character type thing. But I just, you know, on, on the Avengers, I don't know. I guess, you you know, you need a Wolverine type character. But, um, you know, I, I think Mighty Avengers had, you know, when it first started, had some good ideas. Because, you know, you, you kind of had the Wolverine type character by and the Thor type character by having Ares. Because I thought Ares was a kick-ass character. You know, until he, you know, got smushed in uh, Siege. <laughs> but, you know, I, I like that, you know, I liked Ares being on the Avengers. Maybe not Ares and Thor, maybe you only need one, but... I, I, I think I'm okay with the new team. My, my, my biggest disappointment with all of these reveals is that it pretty much shows that no one else is going to die during Siege. None of the good guys, anyway. Because they're all in some type of post-Siege book. I've got the same problem with DC right now and their solicits. I think Blackest Night should have been... They're, turn, they're making this out to be a big thing. This is the thing that people remember in the future. They talk about this horrible time that was Blackest Night, and it's a legend that's foretold. But nobody's dying. A few characters died in the beginning, but for the most part, based on the solicits, we're not losing anyone major. How can this really be that bad if nobody dies? Yeah, I'm with you on that. Well, yeah. I, I don't think that I don't think that the heroes dying was going to be the point of siege to begin with. Uh, we've already seen one casualty of siege, and it was Ares, who was on the Dark Avengers. Who can uh, easily think, come back, though. Well, but I, well, any comic book character can easily come back. <laughs> well, that's uh, true. But you know, look at look at uh, <laughs> look at uh, Thunderbird. But anyway. Uh, the uh, I I think that the point is that it, this is going to be Osborne's fall. Uh, you know, so I think the fact that that it hasn't been revealed who's going to be on Secret Avengers and things like that uh, is going to be where you see a lot of the death. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of the. Uh, I mean, we know that Moonstone isn't going to die. Because she's going to be on Thunderbolts. But, you know, there's been no talk of Ares, of uh, Venom, um, no talk of Osborne, uh, Sentry, although there's speculation he'd be on the, on the Secret Avengers. Um, so I, I think that, uh, I think that that's, that's where the, the death is going to come from. See, I'm still throwing my prediction that Sentry is going to be the big villain. This whole thing is going to be about the fall of Norman Osborn, but we're going to see a repeat of the end of Planet or the end of uh, World War Hulk, where after it's all said and done, they're about to wrap it up. Sentry goes crazy, and everyone has to team up just to stop Sentry. I I think they're going to pull that card again. I, I would say so. I mean, I, I see that coming. I mean, it don't was, get me wrong. It'd be I'd be okay with it. I would be okay with Sentry being the big bad. I would be okay with it if they finally did end the storyline. If that was the end of Century, whether they take him out or whatever. But like when they did it in World War Hulk, it just it basically killed the entire mood of the series 
up to that point, and nothing came out of it. There was no ramification whatsoever. He's just still on Avengers teams. So after what happened with Ares, if if Sentry is still on an Avenger team, whether it be Secret Avengers or whatever, I'll be upset about that. You know, I don't know about these Secret Avengers. What do you think about? You know, I, I I'm I get you know that secret Avengers so that you know they're they're keeping the characters' identities a secret, but that just kind of pisses me off. It's like don't give me a reveal that's not a reveal. <laughs> just announce the secret Avengers once, you know, but don't give me six days of silhouettes, you know, that I don't know who the characters are. And they could be new it. characters or new costumes for old characters. Jonathan, you like it? I do. I, I because, you know, it's like, ooh, who's gonna be on it? And also if they revealed it, then I could I couldn't use that as my defense for who's going to die in Siege. Yeah, I mean but some of you know, I'm I don't know. I just I don't know. I I, 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 I would like to know who the character maybe it's just that I wanna know who they are. <laughs> I think that's what it is, dude. But then you have Mike, you know, I, I don't know. I don't like uh, Mike Diodato, his art on Dark Avengers. So the fact that he's the artist on Secret Avengers, mm, uh, I, I, I'm not 100% looking forward to this book. I would like to know who the team is before I know if I'm going to buy it. All right. Well, one question we haven't asked about the Heroic, heroic Age, I mean, we know that besides Paul <laughs> – there's a big problem with the with this new Avengers team. Uh, my question would be, who who would you guys if you if you were the writer uh, on on uh, Avengers number one, what what would be your team, Wayne? Well, like I said, for me the core is Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America. Now I don't necessarily think I'd like to see them stick around for the whole run at least one of them as a leader, but I would definitely have them in the first issue bring the team together. I'd like to see the return of Vision, because I I actually was a fan of Vision. I know not a lot of people are. Uh, I'd like to see some of the young Avengers actually be brought up and be working with the actual Avengers. But pretty much if you look at the old lineup, the old rosters, those are the guys I'd look back to. You know, Hawkeyes and... uh, Miss Marvel would be another good one to throw in there as a powerhouse, but basically, yeah, those guys, the guys we've already seen as Avengers, nobody really knew for me except for the progression of the young Avengers. Stature instead of, you know, Giant Man, for example. You know, uh, okay, so the the new Avengers team, I, I, I don't dislike, I mean, I... I I'm okay with Spider-Man being on the Avengers team. I really liked that aspect of the new Avengers. Um, I like, you know, I like Spider-Man. You know, the reason I like Spider-Man in the Avengers is because then I'm finally reading something with Spider-Man in it on a monthly basis. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> I'll never read anything about Spider-Man. Um, I, th- I think honestly, I'm okay with the team they have. I would just swap out Spider-Woman for Miss Marvel, and maybe I'd throw in. Um, Black Widow, so you have two females on the team, and at least then you'd have that romantic thing between her and uh, Captain America, and and I- I'd be okay with that team. How do you feel about it being Bucky Cap instead of uh, Steve Rogers? Honestly, I prefer Bucky Cap to Steve Rogers. 
I actually do too, because I really got into the the Bucky Cap, but I just don't like the current direction on the Cap books. So I've dropped them. So I like the idea of having someone to read him, kind of like like you're saying with Spider Man. Yeah, you know, I'm beginning to think of Bucky Cap almost like I thought of Kyle Rayner. You know, um, you know, and uh, when Hal Jordan came back, and don't get me wrong, it ended up being great in the end. But you know, when Hal Jordan came back, it was like, well, I like Kyle Rayner as Green Lantern. Yeah, I was in the same place when. Ki- when Hal came back, I was not happy at all because I knew that that meant that Kyle was going to be swept to the side. And he has been, basically. Yeah. But Jonathan's being quiet, so he's going to kill off all of the Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, here, here's I'm not going to kill off all the Avengers, but I would be looking at a completely different team. Uh, Bucky Cap, I think, is the way to go. He stays. Hawkeye stays. Um, then you get Miss Marvel, uh, Hank Pym, uh, you get, uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah, you know, there, there, you're right. There is no Doctor Strange or Doctor Voodoo on the team. I would prefer Doctor Strange, but, uh, well, the, yeah, if, if the full Strange. team has been revealed, uh, I, I'm bummed that Doctor Strange isn't on them. You know, it's easier to do a magic character, too, if they're not the Sorcerer Supreme. You get less of them being randomly pulled away to deal with something else. Exactly. I think that Dr. Voodoo should have his own ongoing. He's the Sorcerer Supreme now. Well, when we talked we talked to Rick Remender about that, you know, about his ser- the series ending, because it was originally going to be an ongoing. Um and he said they have plans for Doctor Voodoo, so maybe he's on the Secret Avengers, or I don't know. He's he's on some type of team. Oh, uh, also Beast. I would put Beast back on the Avengers. Would you fix him so he's not a cat beast? Oh, of course. Would that be, be the first storyline? Yeah, it'd be, it'd, it'd be him and him and Hank Pym working together to to cure Cat Beast. Because if that's the first storyline, I'm putting your book on my poll list. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it's just that Beast has no place to go now. He kind of got the screw job because he's like, all right, I'm leaving the X-Men to do this whole sword thing. Damn, sword's canceled. Now I've got nowhere to work. <laughs> 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 so I, I would put Beast there. Um, and because then you would have you would have a team of six guys – who don't get their own ongoing, you know, and that, 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 that was my first, my first line of business with, with eliminating people is that like Iron Man has an ongoing, like he's, he's an A-list character now, like he's an Eisner award winning character. He doesn't get to be on the Avengers anymore. Sorry. Captain America has his own ongoing. Thor has his own ongoing, ongoing, uh, you know, who doesn't, you know, a guy like Hawkeye, you know, he, I mean, he was the Avenger who just couldn't make it. Hank Pym, the Avenger who just couldn't make it on his own. Yeah, but you know what? I, I would, my main Avengers team, I would want to be, you know, like the Avengers they have now. I, But I, I like the idea of two Avengers teams. I want an Avengers team, you know, with Hank Pym. And if Hank Pym was leading an Avengers team, I'd be okay with Spider-Man being on that team. I've mentioned this a little bit before about like the science Avengers, you know, and you could have the quirky stories there with like, 
you know, like the, the wacky science stuff with Hank Pym, Amadeus Cho, Spider-Man. Maybe you could throw in some magic there, get Dr. Voodoo or Dr. Strange on that team. You know, so you have science and magic. You know, I, I would be all about a team that had some, you know, that had characters like that. You know, now that we're talking about Beast, as I look at the pictures for the, uh, basically the silhouettes for Secret Avengers, the one that says, I focus on the solution, not the problem, I could see that being Beast. Yeah, you know, or, you know, but you know what, with our luck, it'll be Dark Beast. Yeah, or oh, looking God. at, the outline also looks kind of like Venom. I could see that being Venom, but the the name, I focus on the solution, not the problem. That description doesn't sound like Venom. That sounds more like a beast. Yeah, or it could be uh, an anti-Venom. Is Ooh, anti-Venom yeah. still still around? Uh, hell's yeah, dude! Remember because, that was gonna be my Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, because if, <laughs> if you look at the the outline, it really does look more like a Spider-Man type character. You know, he's not furry unless they Photoshop that out. Um, you know, to to make it well. Okay. Let, let's uh, let's let's go through them. Let's go through the Secret Avenger silhouettes. Think who we who we think it might be. All right. Okay. Well, the first one, the I, I act upon my convictions regardless of personal consequences. I have a feeling that based on the uh, the hand I'm seeing on there, that that could be Gauntlet from the uh, the Avengers Initiative. But I also have a a strong backup by mind feeling that that could actually be Osborn in his Iron Man armor. Like the Iron Patriot? Yeah, if he's not going away, that could be Iron Patriot based on the way that, that silhouette looks. Because it does look like there's an armored legs, too, and not just the hands. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I would be okay with it being Gauntlet. This is the one I act upon my convictions regardless of personal consequences. Yep. It's, it's either Gauntlet, Norman Osborn, which would make sense if the Secret Avengers are basically a retooled Dark Avengers. Um, could be War Machine without War, War Machine. The, War Machine would be missing the the cannons we normally see on the shoulder, but yeah. But you know, I think these images have been slightly altered to yeah. make them a little harder to know who they are. Okay, the next one, the well, Jonathan, who do you think for that one? Uh, what's the next one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the first one. The I act upon my convictions regardless of personal consequences. Ah, uh, that does look like it could be the uh, Iron Patriot armor, doesn't it? It yeah. does. If that one's Iron Patriot, I'm going on the I focus on the solution being Venom. Because looking at it, I could see it being Beast, I could see it being Venom. I think it's probably one of those two, though. I think the I focus on the solution, not the problem, is probably either Venom or Beast. Maybe Dark Beast, but still Beast. You know, if we're looking, if, you know, and maybe, you know, we should, you know, it's Mike Diodato, you know, the, the Dark Avengers guy. And really, this could be Venom, as I focus on the solution, not the problem. I Strive for Redemption could be the Sentry, because of the cape. Yeah, looking yep. at the cape, I thought Moon Knight. Yeah, I, you, know, or, you know, or Moon Knight. It could be, it, it, it's hard to tell on that one. Because the cape, it's, it looks like a distinctive cape. It's kind of puffed out around the shoulders. And I was trying to think of anyone that had a big puffed out cape, and nothing was really coming to mind. Yeah, I, even Moon, I don't know. I don't know about Moon Knight. I'd be okay with Moon Knight being on a team. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, it could be Moon Knight. It it could be Sentry, you know, because it it almost looks like he has a little bit of Voidish stuff going on. That could be. I mean, that's a weird picture. It's almost, you know, because the arms are so far apart. They're they're intentionally making all of these vague, but. Yeah, or it could be Cloak. But I don't know what he would be looking for redemption for. And he's kind of off the grid because he's in the X-Men books. Yeah. Okay, the woman, mm-hmm. I am in control of my life. If we're going with a... If this does seem to be kind of a Dark Avengers thing, I'm thinking that's going to be Moonstone. That, the title, I am in uh, control of my life, does scream Moonstone. It can't be Moonstone, though. Because she's on the Thunderbolts. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's the only thing that threw me off. You know, and of course, you know, she can be in two places at once, just like Wolverine. But you know, what other female character has a cape? Unless it's Miss Marvel and they changed her costume. And that description would be the kind of thing that I can see them giving to Miss Marvel. The I am in control of my life. Yeah. And she's worked with the Dark Avengers before. Yeah. I mean, because it's either Miss Marvel or Moonstone. I mean, there's not that many female characters with capes in the Marvel Universe. Emma Frost. I thought about that, but she's she's X-Men. And basically anyone in the X-Men other than Wolverine is kind of untouchable in the rest of the universe. I mean, they're kind of pointing out the boobs there, so. <laughs> it's Power Girl. <laughs> you know, I excel through adversity. I think Bennett's. Why is he he flying, then? His powers have been kind of odd in the... uh, We've seen him in Secret Avengers and a few other things, and I never could tell what his powers actually are anymore, but I don't know. The Icelter adversity made me think that. The the look looks a little bit like it. What do you guys think? I was thinking Marvel Boy. I could see that. Ooh, yeah. Because, you know, he's been kind of off-grid since uh, that event, that Dark Avengers annual. Are there any Dark Avengers that he would, that this would fit in? Not that I see. Yeah, not that I see. I mean, I, you know, since he was flying, again, I thought about Sentry with a, car- with a costume change. Oh, Sentry's got to have his cape, though. Well, but I think I I think the closest one is for Century would be that one looking for redemption. Yeah, I mean, there are two things Century requires: a cape and bad writing. <laughs> you know what, Wayne? Century's a good character, dude. I said, I love the miniseries when he first showed up. I just wish they would have never brought him back. I think it wrapped up so nicely. And the last one is I lead by example. And it's hard to tell with that one, too. I mean, it doesn't at all fit, but when I see that that picture, I think Luke Cage. But I know it's not Luke Cage because we've kind of seen him around elsewhere. Well, he's going to be on the Thunderbolts, yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe Steve Rogers. Maybe. I've thought about that. Shield. So that's, this could potentially be Steve Rogers' Avengers, you know? Well, the original I, I, Secret I, Avengers when, were Steve Rogers. 
that's what they called the team that uh, during the Civil War when he was leading him. True. Did you do you guys um, have you seen the cover of Age of Heroes number one? The I anthology series. No. Um, they're doing an anthology series. You know, just different stories set during the heroic age called Age of Heroes. And on the cover, there's a guy in the top right, and I can't tell who he is, but he looks like he could be the I Excel Through Adversity guy because he's flying. He doesn't have a cape. He's got short, short, short hair. I don't know who the hell it is, though. I'm looking this up now. It's on the website, <laughs> actually. It's, um, it's, uh, it's on our story, uh, you know um, – Ideologyofmens.com, okay, another mighty Marvel day of news. You know, I did see this picture, and I wasn't sure who the guy on the top left was either. Black Knight. Isn't he a real character, or am I just making shit up right there? No, Black Knight's a real character. I just don't remember him looking like that. Well, to be well, honest, the guy, the guy on the top right looks kind of like the guy from uh, oh, Irredeemable. Yeah, I'm sure it's not him. I was yeah. thinking it could be Captain Britain. Oh my god, Captain Britain. <laughs> what a reaction. Let's hope not. Do you see are you looking at the picture? Yeah, and I just I, I honestly don't know who that character is. I mean, I mean it would help if his artwork wasn't so bad. <laughs> yeah, I I don't care for the artwork on this cover at all, but But yeah, it's hard to tell, and I guess maybe that's the thing. You know, they uh, they they kind of want you to guess. The more people talk about it, the more they're doing their job as uh, you know promoting it. Well, there's a bunch of people on this cover that I don't know. Like I understand you've got Bucky, a really bad looking Thor, a really bad looking Iron Man, Doctor Voodoo. Really- yeah, Doctor Voodoo, a really bad-looking Spider-Man, but I don't know who the girl is. I think that's Valkyrie, but I thought Valkyrie was only in the Ultimate Universe. No, she's a regular Marvel character. Is she? Who's the guy yeah. with the tie? Is that Bruce Banner? Oh, he looks yeah. weird, doesn't he? Yeah, he looks very weird. I was wondering if it was actually Machine Man or something. Who? If you read any of the Next Wave stuff, they they basically redid Machine Man over there. You know, it kind of got this kind of has me thinking. You know, because we're talking about the Secret Avengers, have they yet revealed who Norman Osborn's secret weapon is? Is are we? Is it supposed to be the Sentry? Remember? I thought it was, considering he calls on the Sentry to do everything. Yeah. You know, but maybe. I don't, you know, I, I thought that, but you know, there, there were talks that it was somebody else. You know, the guy who shot Doctor Doom, you know, who zaps Doctor Doom in uh, in the Siege the Cabal one shot. You know, was that the Sentry? You know, they haven't explicitly said this is the guy who was standing in the shadows. You know, during the Cabal meetings. You know, it would be interesting. There's still one more issue left of Dark X Men. It would be interesting for me because I'm a big fan of the character if somehow X-Men were Osborn's secret weapon. If somehow during the course of that title, Osborn ends up controlling him and unleashes him on the heroes. Wayne, you just really want to see uh, 
X-Man somewhere in that universe, don't you? Yeah, because I'm afraid in the, in the final issue they're going to kill him again or they're going to send him back to obscurity, and I want to see something more permanent happen with him. Yeah, I, 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 I actually loved the X-Man title, but I haven't read it since Age of Apocalypse, so I don't even know you know, what the hell he's doing now. I mean, well, he was dead until the Dark X-Men. Well, I, I think that uh, that if you're going to have an alternate version of a character in the universe, the original must die. If Nate Gray's around, Cable has to die. Well, he, he is on the poster that one must sacrifice. And if he, anyone I, should die during, uh, this, uh, during Second Coming, I would think it would be Cable because of his connection to Hope. See, I sure. would argue. I would argue that uh, X-Man is a lot more like Strife because he doesn't have the the techno-organic virus. So since Strife is currently dead at the moment, I believe, or he may be alive, he dies and comes back about as much as Jean Grey. As long as he's dead, we can still have X-Man. He's alive. Ah, He was in uh, Messiah War. He was still alive at the end of that, I think, right, Yeah, but that that was in the future. Yeah. I don't know. I'm okay with Cable dying. Don't get me. I like Cable as a character. Oh, I'm I'm perfectly fine with Cable dying. He's a he's a holdover from the '80s. He's barely a mutant. He uses guns and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, and we're uh, going to we're going to have him in uh, X Men Forever. So, I, I think Cable's intera- Cable series by uh, Dwayne Swarzynski is the perfect wrap up to the Cable saga. I think he is he has served his purpose. He has finally done something great, you know, by saving Hope and keeping her alive so that she could, you know, rise or whatever. I think that should have – I think that's his purpose. I think he's ready to die now. And he's gone through 20 years or so now. So the character is 20 years older. I and mean, if she's grown up normally, she's – I don't know how old she's supposed to be right now. But he's been running with her since she was a baby, and she's at least in her her late teens or – somewhere around there so late late teens i think i think yeah. she's around 17 18 now yeah wayne's so counting down the days till she turns 18 <laughs> so she's like he's like 17 years older than the character was before and they're showing that he's starting to get old and slower so yeah it would be a nice little wrap-up to the character and then we get to see him back as a baby over in uh, x-factor forever. exactly you know but i think the one the the, the two things i'm looking forward to you know most even more so than the Avengers title, is because I'm a big fan of Jeff Parker. I'm looking forward to Atlas coming back as a regular series. And I really am looking forward to the Thunderbolt series, too, with Luke Cage um, leading them. Yeah, it's, that's weird to me that Ghost would be on that team. But uh, I thought I thought Ghost was an odd addition, seeing as how he's trying to kill Tony Stark right now in uh, Iron Man. Yeah. So I, I, that that's a little odd to me because I mean he's straight up a villain. Yeah, I'm looking. What I hope happens out of Thunderbolts is that it goes back to a team of former villains trying to redeem themselves because that's what I enjoyed about Thunderbolts. Well, what I originally joined enjoyed about Thunderbolts was the fact that they really were villains trying to take over the world. But after that, I enjoyed the whole redemption storyline. Yeah, and everyone on that team fits the bill except for. You know, obviously Luke Cage, but he could be like the mentor and Man Thing. Man Thing's an odd choice for a team. Yeah, I thought so too. Man, Man Thing's an odd choice for any team. <laughs> I think I would have swapped out Man Thing for Moon Knight. 
I think you know because Moon Knight I think would fit on that team. Yes, he was never a villain, but you know he he's a crazy mf'er. So I think he would fit you know in a team with the Juggernaut, Ghost, Moonstone, and I don't know. Oh, oh Crossbones. I'm the Juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> I'm kind of curious which Juggernaut we're gonna get. Whether it's the depowered one where his powers are failing because he's not uh, basically he's not a force of chaos. Or if we're going to see a fully powered Juggernaut, because if you remember when uh, Planet Hulk hit, the, or World War Hulk hit, that was the last time I've seen Juggernaut. I know he's been around since then, but I haven't seen him since then. The last time we saw him, he was supposedly got all of his power back, but Hulk just stepped out of the way. And I haven't seen him since then. I don't know if he's been in anything, but I still haven't seen him. Well, you know that's. Uh... I guess another another villain in the X Men universe bites the dust. Uh, the X Men need some villains, man. Like, yeah. it, right now they're dealing with like agencies and stuff like that. I guess there's yeah. The problem like is that. all their villains are either getting killed off by X Force or have turned good, like Magneto. Yeah, and then people like Apocalypse, they just overdid for a while there, so they have to let him sit. I'd like to see Apocalypse come back in a big storyline, but I haven't been happy with the last couple Apocalypse storylines, and he's my favorite ex-villain of all time. You know what? I don't think you can overdo Apocalypse. I love <laughs> Apocalypse. Apocalypse and Darkseid, you know, which are you know, for DC, which are essentially the same character, they are like my favorite villains of all time. The problem when I say overdo is when they keep bringing him back, they weaken him. Basically, they water him down, yeah. and that's what I mean by overdo. Is when they over, when they overexpose the character, he just gets weak, and he, it's not as impressive. Yeah, because he was in, um, he was in Messiah War, that mm-hmm. storyline that you still need to read because it's that good. Does anyone know what happened to Mister Sinister? I was about to ask that because I like him too. Yeah, yeah, he was he was my favorite villain. You don't know? I expected you to know. Well. I stopped reading after the Grant Morrison stuff, and before the Grant Morrison stuff, I hadn't read since the after Age of Apocalypse. Well, he was in Messiah Complex. I know he was on the cover. I've actually not read Messiah Complex. Wasn't he in Messiah Complex? I didn't I read thought, Messiah Complex. I don't know. There was, we thought he was in one of the books, but it ended up being Mystique. But yeah, I don't know what happened with him. I mean, oh, oh, here it is. Mr. Sinister appear, reappears in X-Men Endangered Species, sending the Marauders and Acolytes out to murder all who have knowledge of the future. In the Messiah Complex crossover, Sinister seeks out the first mutant child born since Decimation. However, the character is killed by Mystique, who presses his face onto an unconscious rogue. So uh, Mr. Sinister's dead. Killed by Mystique, of all people. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> you know, it, and that's, I don't like that. <laughs> it should be, I mean, Nate Gray is the only one who should be able to kill Mr. Sinister or Cyclops. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it just, it would fit. It's kind of like Spider-Man should be the one to take down Norman Osborn. It's just right. Uh, I think you've got me. that the other way around. What do you mean? I think that. Norman Osborn should be the one to take down Spider-Man. <laughs> thus, thus beginning a good, amazing Spider-Man with Eddie Brock Spider-Man. Yeah, in in this case, Iron Man needs to be the one that takes down Osborn. 
Yeah. It needs to be the completion of the redemption arc. I don't know. Everyone, everyone has some type of reason to take down Norman Osborn. You know, because you've got Captain America, too. Well, I guess Norman Osborn wasn't the one who killed him. Well, here's the thing. You take down you take down Norman Osborn. How many villains are they going to have left going into the heroic age? I mean, right right now, every villainous thing has been Osborn, Doctor Doom, Loki, the Hood. Well, Loki will still be around, I'm sure. I know will still be around. I don't need the big overarching villain. I like each individual title having its own villains that it's dealing with. I loved Osborne as the basically the person behind the scenes shifting things in Spider-Man's world. I don't like it when you take that up to the the full scale. Well, here's the thing. I mean, if if Marvel and we know that Marvel's going to want to do a big a big thing, you know, they want to put a banner on a book. But it's like once you cut the villains that could orchestrate something like that down, you're like, well, it's obviously Doctor Doom. Well, <laughs> you know? But you've got Doom War with Doctor Doom. Yeah. That comes out this week, I think. The Doom War that nobody's talking about. <laughs> yeah. I, I think people know it's not as important as some of the other crossovers. So It's not even a crossover. It's a miniseries. So. Well, I mean, just in the books, nobody's talking about it. Oh, like, hey... You know, Wakanda, like, is uh, going through upheaval. Oh, we don't care about it. We don't even mention it. <laughs> you know, Storm's over there, even though she's in Astonishing. Uh, yeah, we don't care about that either. <laughs> well, because it's Storm. Who cares about Storm? Everybody. <laughs> she, was one, she was one of Chris Claremont's favorites. That's why the best Storm writing happened during his run of X-Men. Yeah, but her character sucks in uh, X Men Forever. Well, her character had to go through. Her character's gone through some changes, no doubt. Well, she's a villain. That's a big change. <laughs> that, is, that is a big change. Killed Wolverine, no less. Indeed. Awesome. Indeed. Well, I think this was a good show. Yeah, and I think after all the talk about it, I'm going to have to go dig out the Age of Apocalypse issues of uh, X-Men. Because after Jonathan mentioned that uh, the only one that should be able to kill Mr. Sinister is him, I want to reread that fight now. Yeah. And I've been picking up Age of Apocalypse in trade paperback so that we could talk about it on the show, have an Age of Apocalypse episode. Oh, that'd be awesome. I'm uh, I'm, I'm getting caught up on my Age of Apocalypse. I'm even going to read the sequel so that we can talk about it. Oh, now, do we all have to do alternate versions of ourselves on the show? Cause... <laughs> sure. <laughs> there you go. I'll be Dark Paul. Uh, I guess I'll be Light Jonathan then. <laughs> like, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a hero on that episode. And I, you know, very, I'm very serious and, uh, and very pussified. <laughs> I thought that's what we were doing now, and that's why Aaron isn't here. Because Aaron's usually so vocal and speaking that he just didn't—he didn't make it out of Age of Apocalypse. Well, Aaron, Aaron's not. Aaron wasn't here because uh, because uh, Legion went back in time and shot him. <laughs> Aaron, who? Yeah, exactly. It's like Who's Back to the Aaron? Future. Aaron's faded from the picture. His name is fading from the website. Nice. And Aaron's Aaron's uh, Aaron's greatest nemesis uh, ends up 
following his death wish and leading the podcast forward. <laughs> Wait, how did I end up being his greatest nemesis? <laughs> Aren't you? I guess so now. Now, now, now I know my purpose in life. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining today. Um, just to our listeners, some great stuff coming up on the website. We've got uh, right now the interview with Matt Fraction it is on the website, uh, ideologyofmadness.com, or you can check us out on iTunes. We've got coming up Kieran Gillen, not Kieran Gillen, sorry, Greg Hurwitz, the writer of Vengeance of the Moon Knight. We've got Jeff Parker from Agents of Atlas and Follow the Hulks, and Mike Carey from uh, The Unwritten and X-Men Legacy. So uh, check out the website, and thanks for listening. Later. See ya. All right. Cool. Hey, I I wanted to ask about this. Yes. But I didn't get I didn't get an opening in the recording. Oh, Although sorry. when you were talking about Atlas, I could have done it. But there's some books on my pull list that I haven't been getting, and I didn't know if I wasn't getting them or if they haven't been being put out. Uh, Agents of Atlas is one of them. No, it's not being put out. It's they're they're a backup feature in Incredible Hercules right now. Oh. I don't read Incredible Hercules. Uh, and the other one is Runaways. What happened to Runaways? I have no idea on that one. It was flaky coming out. I ended up dropping Runaways. I, was, I hated doing it because I loved the title for a while there, but I didn't care for the last storyline. I found that I only like reading it in trade when it's all collected. But before I dropped it, it seemed like it was only coming out on and off every few months. Mm. Looks like the first hardcover for the Spider-Man Gauntlet storyline comes out this week, featuring Electro and Rhino. I just don't know. How much longer is that storyline going before they they finish up the Gauntlet? Look, right now it's in the Mysterio storyline, okay? (laughs) And it's good, by the way. Not as good as if I was writing Spider-Man, but it's still good. So it's going to be after Mysterio... I don't know. I always find out. I'll probably find out uh, today when I go get my comic books. After Mysterio? I don't know who's after Mysterio. I know they're doing... Cra- oh, Lizard, I think, is coming up. The Lizard? Yeah, they're doing the Lizard. Not right away. I think that's later on in the in the story. Yeah, I think that's in Spider-Man's April. Spider-Man's got some gay villains. Has there been anything storyline-wise to explain why all the villains are different? Why they're all being revamped? Like, is there well, someone behind the whole thing? Yes. Okay. Craven's daughter, right? Yes. Uh, that, that's the overarching plot of all this, is that that is that uh, Craven's... I thought it was Craven's wife. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I, I... Yeah, no, that's, Craven, Craven's wife has been orchestrating this whole thing. So and funding it, and sort of putting people in into motion. Uh, so th- that that's sort of the the overarching thing, which has been going on before the gauntlet. Uh, there was the whole thing with uh, with uh, the Who Is Ben Riley storyline that she was also a part of. Okay, I did so, read the Who Is Ben Riley stuff because I'm a big fan of Ben Riley. So looking at it, it looks like uh, this goes at least as far as Amazing Spider-Man number 630. The next one is supposed to deal with Black Cat and Mr. Negative. 
then Morbius, then the new Vulture, then new Rhino and old Rhino, then Scorpion, then Juggernaut, which I may end up picking up, and then finally the Lizard. Looks See, like the Lizard's what it's going to wrap up on. Did you say, did you say Scorpion? Yeah. Like is in Venom? No, there's a new, Scorpion. a new Scorpion. Oh. Yeah, they're they're um, because I, I know Scorpion got re- you know there there's like a new Scorpion that's you know since since the old Scorpion became Venom I don't remember who it is though is it a female Scorpion I think she's a female. Let's see if there's any information on that one. Yeah, I'm not sure. Mm. I'm glad they're going to be revisiting the, the Rhino storyline. I mean, I like the way the, that one shot ended, but uh, but I was hoping to, to see it again. It seems like each story of the Gauntlet is really leaving things open-ended to revisit, like the Electro storyline. Uh, you know, no one knows what happened to Electro, really, so be interesting to see when he comes back is the art is the art still getting better it is it is Uh, like i said mysterio will always look bad (laughs) i'm just hoping it's palpable by 620 i'm just hoping it's palpable by 627 because i said i'll pick up the three issue arc with juggernaut if it looks good see i want the lizard one because i like chris Boccolo and he's the artist on that one looks like that's a single issue no it's i think it's four issues the lizard one Oh, in that case, the Wikipedia article doesn't have everything in it. Uh, the Wikipedia article only takes up to 6.30, and that's when the lizard comes in. Uh, that was probably as far as solicitations went. Probably. So I guess the gauntlet's still going to go for a little while after 6.30. It's con- this is a really big storyline. I'm wondering if it's an entire year. Probably. I mean, he's got enough villains. But, you know, the bad thing is they already revamped them. You know, every time they pop up, it seems like they revamped them. You know, they revamped them in Marvel Knights Spider-Man. When Mark Millar wrote it, they revamped all of them, and then you know, then you had the revamped Venom um, in uh, I think it was Spectacular Spider-Man with uh, Paul Jenkins and Umberto Ramos. Remember, they revamped uh, Doctor Octopus, yeah. I think Lizard and Venom. That was the story where uh, Eddie Brock, you know, where Venom left Eddie Brock. Yeah, I didn't care for that at all. <laughs> uh, hey. Looks like they're bringing Hammerhead in too at some point. Well, Hammerhead's already in it. Okay. Hammerhead, Hammerhead's in it in the storyline that's going on right now. So is Mister Negative in the the Mysterio storyline. Mysterio's like pulling the strings with these different uh, mob boss families. Hmm. Oh yeah, he's well. That's kind of. Uh, I mean, the 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 mob boss thing has kind of been there since Brand New Day started with Mister Negative and all that. Yeah, who I like, by the way. I think that Mr. Negative is a cool Spider-Man villain. Yeah. You know, looking through my books, the only thing I haven't read this week was Ultimate Spider-Man. And I just can't bring myself to read it. I pick it up, I look through it, and it's just really bad. <laughs> they have, they introduced the Ultimate Rick Jones this issue. Nice. It, yeah. The Ultimate's blows, dude. When are you going to learn? Never. Not everything Ultimate blows. I mean, Ultimate Spider Man used to be good. Ultimate X Men used to be good. And uh, Ultimate Enemy is good. 
one issue. Yeah, one issue. Give it issue two. <laughs> you can't. You can't yeah, hold on to what used to be. I mean, I liked Ultimate Spider-Man back in the day too, but uh, that doesn't mean it's good now. Yeah, and I loved Ultimate X-Men when it first started. With Andy I never. On the I never liked Ultimate X-Men. Really, I, I loved, loved it when it started. I liked I Ultimate Spider-Man all the way up until they, basically until uh, Ultimatum. And then Ultimate X-Men, I didn't like the last storyline or two leading up to Ultimatum, but I loved it up until that point. I I didn't like just Ultimate X-Men was just weird to me. Like it, I didn't like the the weird pedophile Xavier. (laughs) The original Xavier was a pedophile. If you look back, if you not in the original, although in the original books they did kind of hint that he had a crush on Jean Grey as well. But as they went back and retouched on those stories over and over again, they keep adding more and more of his crush on Jean Grey. And she's like 15. Yeah. Creepy old man. (laughs) Dirty old Professor X. Hey, if you had mental powers, you could do whatever you want and there'd be no ramifications. I I think you'd be a dirty old man, too. Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) And I'd be rich beyond my wildest dreams. Yeah. Just give me all your money. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to head off. All right. I have to head out, too. But I will talk to both of you later. Have a good one, guys. You, too. Yep. Catch you later. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.